Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Trap Game Podcast. Sorry, I've been gone the last couple weeks, um, but you know, having a kid and all makes things a little bit more difficult. Um, but yeah, we're back. Fortunately, we didn't record last week, um, so we had a real good week. We had a real good week. 12-0 and on the picks. Um, unfortunately, you know, I didn't win like $100 million because I'm too scared to uh, put big parlays together. But, you know, we, uh, we had a good one. A um, couple things before we get into the picks. Basketball's back. Um, the Warriors are going to win the NBA title again. They're healthy. Steph is on another level. They're unstoppable. The Golden Knights get Jack Eichel from the Buffalo Sabres, um, which is amazing. They finally have their true number one center that they've been looking for since they've come into the league. Um, and, you know, as bad as as bad as bad we wanted out how this season started, they're eight and six. They're two games over 500. Um the Pacific Division is not as weak as everyone thought it was going to be. Like, the Ducks are playing really, really well right now. The Oilers are kind of living up to their potential with McDavid and Dreisaitl leading the way. Um, the Kraken are not making a Golden Knights kind of first-year run. I mean, it's still early. They could turn it around. They they have a talented team. Um but yeah, when uh, when Patches, Stone, White Cloud, uh, Eichel, man, that team is going to be fun when they are healthy. Um, Bye-bye, Alex Tuck. I'm not going to miss you. I know some other people might, but, uh, you know, after that missed shot in Game 2 of the uh, Stanley Cup, uh, I, I just couldn't, couldn't mend that relationship. I tried. I really, really tried to give him a chance, and uh, it just didn't work out. But, you know, best of luck in him uh, to him and Peyton Krebs out in Buffalo. But, uh, yeah, the, the Knights are poised to make another big run. They just need to tread water until everyone comes back. Um, tonight, the U.S. beat Mexico in World Cup qualifying. Um, as you guys know, this is obviously a huge soccer show. We talk about it all the time. Uh, Mexico, not Mexico the country, but Mexico the team. Suck it. Uh, we're 2-0 and against you guys in the last two games. Uh, talking a lot of shit before tonight. And our golden boy, Christian Pulisic, man, scores a goal late against you guys. Throws it back in your face. Um, this is a fun... United States team. Um, we haven't had that in a long time since, you know, Donovan and Dempsey and all those guys. Um, I still remember that game. I don't even remember what year it was at this point, but when Donovan scores that goal against Ghana, I had never been so excited to watch soccer my entire life. And um, I, that's really the only time I watch soccer is during the World Cup. And I will say, like, the U.S. might not be like a huge soccer country, but I don't think anything is 
as polarizing and brings everyone together as much as it does when the U.S. is playing well in the World Cup. Like, it, it is the most fun I have watching pretty much any sport is when the U.S. is in the World Cup and they're playing uh, well. So hopefully, I think we're halfway through the qualifiers now from what I just saw. So hopefully uh, they'll make a run this year. And, you know, they don't need to win, but hopefully make it interesting. But, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on in the sports world right now outside um, of football. Baseball season, um, the offseason just kicked off. Andrew Heen is now a Los Angeles Dodger. So as much as I didn't like him, I will say he is doing an amazing job already of going into L.A., and sabotaging the Dodgers season right off the bat. How did this guy get picked up by the best team? Well, perceived best team year in and year out. How do they, how does he get picked up by them right away? What? Like I said, I'm not complaining because that's pretty much an automatic loss for the Dodgers anytime that goofball's on the mound. But yeah, not a lot to get into with baseball yet. There is a lockout looming from what it seems, so we might not get a lot of movement on the free agent market as of yet. Um, but obviously, when things start going down, the Yankees are supposedly on every free agent, but you know that happens every year. They're interested in trading for the A's for Spaceman and Matt Olson, which would be a great get. Talking to Corey Seager and Justin Verlander and Carlos Correa, who... I guess, like, that's the one thing I will touch on. How, I'm sorry, like, I still can't see myself being okay with the Yankees signing Carlos Correa. Hopefully he goes back to Houston or to the to, to the Tigers with that other cheating bastard, A.J. Hinch, so I don't have to worry about it. You know, I see a whole bunch of other Yankee fans just, you know, like, he's the best player that we can get. It's all about winning. It's like, yeah, I get it. But we're also, the Yankees can go out and get Corey Seager, who is not that far behind Carlos Correa and still makes the Yankees much, much better. And we don't have to sell our soul to cheer for that cheating bastard. Sorry, I don't want him. I can't justify you guys wanting him. It just makes no sense to me how you guys are just so quick just so quick to let this guy off the hook if he wants to come play in New York. And then everyone points to, oh, yeah, well, we signed Johnny Damon and we signed Roger Clemens. Well, you know what? Yeah, sure, Roger Clemens might have used steroids, but who didn't in that time? And everyone they've asked, every pitcher says they'd rather face a guy on steroids then face a guy that knew what pitch was coming. So your argument is dead right there. I don't want Carlos Correa. But anyway. Time for the meat and potatoes of the show. And we haven't gotten a lot... Um, 
I, I there, there's a lot to catch up on, obviously, since I haven't got to record in a couple weeks. So I'm fired up, baby. I am fired up. I am ready to go. I am going to talk a lot of mess on other teams because, you know, we'll get to it. We'll get to it when we get to the Cardinals game. And I'll kind of sprinkle things in as we get to these other teams. But first game we're going to get into is the Falcons and the Cowboys. Dallas minus eight and a half. The under or the over under is 54 and a half. Um, Dallas started to show us they were a good team. And as I said a couple weeks ago, I, I like I was starting to believe in them, but what did I say? I said Dallas is gonna do what they do every year. Dallas is gonna Dallas. And guess what happened? The Denver Broncos come in and tune them up to the final score of 30 to 16. And it wasn't even that close. Dallas, you know, got some garbage time points there at the end. Um but it, it, it's it's just inevitable, isn't it? They're at home. Everyone's all over them. Everyone's all over Denver. Or uh, everyone's saying they're terrible. They started three and zero. They were one of the worst three and zero teams ever. Which I actually agree with. They're not as good as their three and zero records suggested to start the year. But my boy, Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater, comes into town and takes care of business and brings the Cowboys right back down to earth. They are now 6-2. and two. Guess who, uh, guess who everyone was overlooking and was starting to put the Cowboys ahead of? Oh, just a little team down in Phoenix, but, you know, that's neither here or there. But it will be here when we get to the Cardinals game. As for this game, um, you know, the Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. The Cowboys are coming off a real bad loss. Are the Falcons 8.5 points worse than Dallas right now? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I, I get it. The, the game is in Dallas. The Falcons are riding high, though. They come back. Uh, they, they come from behind last week. They get the 27-25 win. I'm not saying that I think the Cowboys are going to lose this game, but I think the Falcons can at least keep it close enough. The 8.5 just seems like way too much in this spot. Um, yeah, we're, we're going with the, the Falcons here at plus 8.5. And, um, and, yeah, we'll just keep moving on. The over-under 54.5 seems... I would take the over. I think uh, the Cowboys and Falcons will be able to run this up. And like I said, I, I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose this game, but I think the Falcons are at least going to be able to keep up. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are going to come out and have as bad of a offensive showing that they as they did last week. Um, but the Falcons' defense is also not as good as Denver's. So we'll move on to... The Saints and the Titans. Saints are five and three. The Titans are seven and two. Den or, uh, Tennessee is minus three. The over under is forty four. The Titans are good, man. 
who gave them a chance last week against the Rams? I know I didn't. Um, you lose the best. I, I mean, you can make the case for Christian McCaffrey probably, but you lose the best running back in football. I, I think Derrick Henry is like the last running back in football that actually makes a difference on a team. Um, and like actually has to be game planned around. So for them to really make it look easy against Los Angeles said a lot to what this Tennessee Titans team can be. Um, Ryan Tannehill, I think it's going to help him a lot because I, I honestly think it's going to open up the passing book a little bit more and he's going to be able to get to show out a little bit. Um, AJ Brown's healthy again. Julio Jones looks like he's healthy. Um, I mean, this line just seems too short for me. Tennessee, you can probably say this looks like a trap. Tennessee, they're, they're saying that if Tennessee and this, uh, and New Orleans played on a neutral field, that this game is even. I don't think that's true at all, especially now that um, Trevor Simeon is the quarterback of the Saints. I, I, I just think Tennessee takes care of business here, and they take care of it actually pretty easily. Um, give me Tennessee minus three. I, I'm loving it there. Loving it. Um, moving on to Jacksonville and the Colts. Is Jacksonville a good team all of a sudden? I mean, another presumed best team in the NFL that is five and three, by the way. And I don't even want to talk too much mess about Buffalo because I actually like the Bills. Um, but going into this game, you know, they're five and two. Everyone's saying that they're the best team in the league. Then they go in and get they don't get shut out, but they get shut out on the touchdown front by Jacksonville. I, I, I get it. You know, it, you have bad games. You can't win them all, but Jacksonville. And now you're five and three. There's some, there's some uh, cracks. There's some cracks in the armor over there in Buffalo. And you're telling me that, I mean, like, the Colts, they're a decent team. They're not 10 and a half points better than the Jaguars at this point in the season. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I think the Jaguars can keep it within, within seven points, absolutely. And I'm going to do something new here. I'm going to actually start doing a teaser. Um, so I'm, having, I'm doing a five-team teaser this week. Uh, I went, I, I hit it last week. So we'll see, we'll, we'll push our luck and we'll see if we can hit two in a row. Um, so the Jags are actually going to be the first leg of a five team teaser, six points. So we're taking the Jags up to 16 and a half points. I still like them at the plus 10 and a half, but lock, lock it in at that 16 and a half. I think the Jaguars are in, um, I, they're they're a live dog here, honestly. For me, um, I get it. They didn't score any touchdowns either, but you know the Bills' defense is no joke, and I, I think they can keep it competitive here with uh, Indianapolis. But we'll uh, we'll move on to 
the Cleveland Browns, and the New England Patriots. New England is minus 2.5. The over-under is 45. <sighs> I honestly think Nick Chubb's still out, which obviously hurts the Browns here. Matt Jones has turned out to be a pretty decent quarterback, but who's not going to be decent in that system with Bill Belichick? OBJ leaving the Browns, I think, is going to make them so much better. With him on the field, Baker Mayfield becomes a much worse quarterback because OBJ is such a prima donna that if he's not throwing to him, oh, like you'd think the sky is falling. OBJ is a shell of what he used to be. A shell. He's nowhere close to the player he used to be. And I honestly think that this opens up the offense a little bit more for the Browns. They're going to spread the ball out a little bit. Give me the Browns. I mean, they just came off of, you know, we're, we're hailing the Bengals as one of the better teams in the NFL. And, you know, we're, uh, we're on a break. Th they're on a bye this week, so I can't really talk about them. But when we get to the Jets game, I want to bring up that Bengals, uh, that Bengals Jets game a little bit. Um, but yeah, give me the Browns here, the Browns plus the two and a half. Um, it, it, ju it just looks good. It, it looks like a good spot for the Browns here. The Patriots still not a hundred percent, um, buying into them. Their their run defense or their run game kind of holds them up, and if there's one thing the the Browns can do, it's stop the run um, for the most part. So yeah, yeah, Browns plus two and a half here. Here we go: the Bills and the Jets. Buffalo is minus twelve and a half. The over under is forty seven and a half. Now, let me let me just go. Let, let's just go back a little bit to that Bengals-Jets game. Um, why? I get it. Like, the Bengals, their offense is awesome. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that's an awesome freaking hookup they have now. Joe Mixon's having a good year. But why all of a sudden did we turn a win over the Bengals into, like, a season-changing thing? I just don't understand. Like, I get it. The Jets are a bad team. The Bengals were coming in and having a really good year when they lost to the Jets. It's the Bengals, people. They're not, they, they are not a Super Bowl contender. They weren't coming into this year. They were playing a little bit over their heads. They're still a decent team. But why are we acting like a win over the Bengals is like this season-altering win? It makes no sense to me. They had a bad loss last week against the Browns. They're going to win more games, but they're going to also lose more games. Stop acting like the Bengals were all of a sudden a Super Bowl contender just because they started hot. How many teams start hot and just fizzle out? That being said, the Bills are in trouble too. They do not look like a good football team right now. Mike White looks like the next freaking Joe Namath. Forget about Zach Wilson. Everyone else in New York has. I can attest to that. I ask a lot of people. It's Mike, it's Mike White or die, apparently, already. Um, 
And, I mean, with good reason. The, the kid looks solid. He's very confident. Now, I don't know if he actually believes when he said that he should have been a first overall pick. Um, you know, I think he came out of Western Kentucky. Um, you know, I, I, let's be honest, Mike. You probably weren't going to be a first overall pick coming out of West Kentucky. Um, but, you know, you look, you look solid. And against this Bills team that's kind of reeling right now, 12 and a half looks really, really good. So give me the Jets plus a 12 and a half. And this is going to be another game where we're going to tease them up to plus 18 and a half. That's going to be our second leg of this parlay. So, yeah, and the Bills are in trouble. They need to really figure out what's going on um, because if they don't, five and four is not looking great. A lot of teams on your heels at five and four. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. Detroit and Pittsburgh. Detroit is getting eight points. Doesn't this game look fishy? Shouldn't this line? I mean, I we just talked about it. The Lions are dreadful. Horrible. Like, ever, any, any word that you can come up, it applies to how bad the Lions are this year. But Buffalo's giving up 12 and a half on the road and at home, the Steelers, who are five and three, who have been playing decent football, they're only giving up eight points here. This screams take Pittsburgh. It, it the the line honestly should be up over ten with how they've been hammering spreads this year and how big they've been. But against my better judgment, I'm gonna take the Lions here at the plus eight. It just it's a trap. It doesn't look good. Pittsburgh minus that eight should be more. Um, yeah, the, I'm not gonna think too much about it. I'm just going to take the Lions blindly here at the plus eight. I don't feel good about it, but for the sake of the show, um, it, it's a trap. It's a trap, and I think the Lions cover this game. We'll move on to the Buccaneers and the Washington football team, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus nine and a half over under 51. I'm going to make this really easy. I think Washington is in for a real, a real long day. The Buccaneers are coming off a loss. Um, I don't know. I'm not seeing what their score was last week here, but they just, you know, they're coming off a loss. Washington's not a good football team. I think the Buccaneers run the score up here. Buccaneers win this game by 21 points. Um, that's why I'm adding them to, they're going to be my third leg on the teaser. So we're going to actually tease Tampa down to minus three and a half. Um, yeah, it, I just, Tom Brady, dude, when is this guy going to slow down? Never, he's just never going to slow down. He's going to be 55, still making it to the Super Bowl. He's thrown for 2,650 yards and 25 touchdown passes. Now I get it. 
he's on an amazing offense, but a dude his age should not be putting up these numbers still. It's insane. I hate it, but I respect it because he's just such an athlete. He's such a professional. Oh, man. Yeah, you, you, you just – I would find some alternate spreads. I would even take this up to like two touchdowns if I could, and I probably will. So Tampa minus 9.5 over under 51. Take the over because I, I think the Buccaneers score about 42 points here. Um, I don't think it is even remotely close. So, moving on to the 1 o'clock games. 4 o'clock games for my friends out in New York. Arizona, minus 10.5 against Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold is broken. He has apparently lost his shoulder, so he's probably done for the year. Cam Newton takes the team back over. Oh, boy, do I have some fun things to say. Not even about this game yet. What a bunch of goofballs the majority of you are. The Cardinals are seven and were seven and zero. Lost a Thursday night game. Coming into that game, they had just lost JJ Watt unexpectedly. DeAndre Hopkins didn't play. Okay, so you're you're out two of your you know top veterans right there. Yeah, I will submit that the Packers were dealing with their own injuries. But, folks, it's Aaron fucking Rodgers. Did, did everyone forget that they were 6-1 and one heading into that game and that Aaron Rodgers was their quarterback? It made no sense to see all this shit-talking on the Cardinals after the game. Oh, they, see, they weren't that good. Cardinals fans are delusional. Then the Bills and the Buccaneers and the Cowboys and uh, the the Rams were all were all just s- jumping over them by the so-called experts. I call them the goofballs. That's my new thing now. I'm gonna start saying goofball a lot more so I can sh- try and stop cursing as much, but. We stay off the bandwagon. Don't jump back on now because they go into San Francisco and smack the Niners without Kyler and without DeAndre and without JJ. Don't we don't want you back on the bandwagon after literally less than a week. It was only a week, and now you guys are back on the bandwagon after they lost to a six and one Aaron Rodgers team. Mind you, they probably should have won that game still. Kyler Murray took the ball 95 yards. And there was a miscommunication in the end zone. And the Green Bay cornerback makes an amazing interception to end the game. How does that say overrated? It, it, it just makes it still 
right now blows my mind, even though everyone's, you know, oh, the Cardinals are so good now. Like, they did this without blah, and they did this, and, you know, completely forgetting everything that they just said a week ago. Dumbasses. And we don't even know. We Kyler still might not play this game. DeAndre still might not play this game. And I think the line reflects that. Arizona's a 10.5 point favorite, and I think those are being considered that neither of them are going to play. I've always loved Colt McCoy. I've always been a huge fan of Colt. When I found out he was coming to Arizona, I was so stoked. Now, did I want him to play a ton? No, not really, because that obviously doesn't say good things about, you know, Kyler's health. But man, did he show out. James Conner, all these guys, all these guys that you, you know, Arizona retirement home. But guess what? James Conner leads the league in touchdowns. What? Bet you miss him now, Pittsburgh, huh? I mean, Najee's nice. Don't get me wrong. Najee, Najee's a really good player. But what what a bunch of jack wagons, man. I could not believe what I was reading. Seriously. I don't remember another time ever that a team got so much disrespect than Arizona did last week. I could have seen if they would have lost to the Jaguars. Well, I, I, I could have seen if they hadn't scored a single touchdown against Jacksonville. I could have seen if they would have got blown out at home against Denver, who everyone thought was is just the worst team ever. I could have understood that. You know, I could have understood if uh, the Titans came in after we beat their ass and, uh, you know, handed our ass back to us on a silver platter. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. All the teams that jumped the Cardinals last week after a, after a loss to a 6-1 and one team. Mind you. Who, who have the Rams lost to so far? The Titans, who Arizona fucking killed in week one. And, um, oh yeah, the Cardinals at home. Wake up. Wake up. I'm not saying, right, I'm not saying that the Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl. But the disrespect was Unbelievable. And I held that in for two weeks and feel so good. Feel so good to get that out, especially after they go and win it in San Francisco without two of their top three players. We'll move on. Just sit on that and think about it. And look and, and just think. If you're listening to this right now, and you said, man, the Cardinals aren't as good as everyone thinks after losing to a 6-1 and one Aaron Rodgers Packers, 
just just sit back and think how stupid you sounded last week. Goofball. Moving on to the Vikings and the Chargers. Chargers are minus three. The over-under is 53 and a half. I cannot, for the life of me, get a read on this Vikings team. They honestly should be like six and two. But they let, like so many other teams, let the Ravens off the hook. And you know what? After this game, I have to go back. I I, I can't believe I, I glossed over the Ravens-Dolphins game. So give me the Chargers minus the three. I think, you know, they, they hit a little rough patch there. They're still a really good team. The Vikings can't decide if they want to be a good or a bad team. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take the Chargers here at the minus three. But let's jump back here before we go on to our next game. To the Dolphins and Ravens. A another team that was just, just better than the Cardinals. Everyone wants to give respect to, to the Ravens because Lamar Jackson, I in my opinion, is still a fraud. You get smacked by the Dolphins. And again, it, it wasn't close. The Ravens, honestly, at best, should be under 500 right now. You know why they're not? Is because it's not because Lamar is so great and he does this and he does that. It's because bad teams find ways to lose. And that's what they've been doing against the Ravens this year. So uh, they, they've been playing from behind all year. And then teams play not to lose, and they lose. It, it, it happens in every sport. Yeah, so just another 6-3 and three team that was supposedly better than a 7-0 and oh Cardinals team that lost to a 6-1 and one Packers team. And yeah, I know I've said it a lot, and I'm going to keep saying it. So you guys... So it, it, it sounds as dumb as it should. Everyone gave up on an undefeated team because they lost to Aaron Rodgers, who was 6-1 and one going into that game. Sounds absolutely fucking crazy, doesn't it? It should. The Eagles and the Broncos. The Eagles suck. Jalen Hurts is not the answer. That he's actually terrible. Just, just have him throw or just have him run. Like literally the whole game. He's Lamar Jackson if Lamar Jackson actually couldn't throw. 
And the Broncos, give me Teddy B, baby. I, I think the Eagle, and give me the under in this game. I think the Eagles scored three points. Might score a touchdown. I think I think the Broncos actually win this one pretty easily, to be completely honest. Um, yeah, we'll move on. Two, Seattle and the Packers, who apparently, you know, according to the goofball experts, are such a bad team that it moved the needle that much in the for the Cardinals in the opposite direction after they beat them. Um, Green Bay minus three and a half. It sounds, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is back. It sounds like Russell Wilson is back. Green Bay minus three and a half. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, got this big old shit storm for the vaccination stuff. And I just, it, it didn't seem, it seemed like he was asymptomatic. It seemed like it didn't bother him too much. Um, but, I think Russell Wilson being like the, the emo, emotional leader of that team, I think it's going to be a huge boost for Seattle. And Russell Wilson can, can do a lot of things in this league that a lot of other guys can't. Um, I, I think Seattle hangs around here, and I think they can cover this three and a half. Um, so I am taking Seattle, and I'm also – going to tease them up to plus nine and a half. Um, so Seattle is our fourth leg of that parlay. Going into the Sunday night game, you have the Chiefs against the Raiders. Kansas City minus two and a half. The over-under is 52. Now, again, I, I didn't record for a couple weeks, so... I didn't get to cover the unfortunate um, situation with Henry Ruggs and the 23-year-old girl that he unfortunately um, killed in Las Vegas. Now, I remember when Vegas was coming to Las Vegas and how upset people were and yeah, like the Raiders are terrible, their fans are terrible, and all this and all that. And you know, people ask me, "Are you are you going to be a Raiders fan?" Because like I love my city, I love Las Vegas, um, I love representing the city of Las Vegas as much as I can. Um, and I and that's what I said. I said, you know what? I'll cheer for the Raiders um, as long as they are making. And representing, you know, representing the city well. And that has not been the case whatsoever. They just released Damon Arnett, their first round cornerback pick from a couple years ago. Because in the same week that his teammate kills someone, he's on Instagram threatening somebody that he's going to kill them and showing off all of his guns. And just, I, I just don't know how dumb a human being could be 
but uh, Mr. Arnett really raised the bar. And you know, probably never play football again. So good job there trying to flex, trying to be a gangster. Um, and I can't tell you, like, I get where Derek Carr was coming from. You know, he knows Henry Ruggs on a personal level. And I, I understand that he probably feels bad for what he's going through. But Derek, hey, bud, don't come out in the media less than a week after this dude was doing 156 on a residential road and killed someone. How do you publicly support that guy? Oh, not even a week later. How about you come out for the family? How about you raise awareness for drunk driving? How about you try and raise some money for the family? That's awesome. You might do that in private, but you, you should have flip-flopped it. You should be supporting rugs in private. I think that was a horrible choice by Derek Carr. It makes me really, really dislike the Raiders, honestly. Um, and, and man, what, what a year the Raiders have had. Seriously. And I think they're still going to be feeling that coming into this week. And that's why I think Casey is just going to blow the doors off of the Raiders. Blow the doors off of them. And that's why the Chiefs and the Raiders, don't get me wrong, the Raiders are still going to score a little bit because the Chiefs' offense or defense is um, just atrocious. But we're going to tease the over, um, the total down from 52 to 46, and we're going over. So that is going to be the last leg of our parlay. And we'll recap it here at the end. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs, and that is my super lock this week. My best bet of the week is the Chiefs minus the two and a half. I love it. I think they roll them. The Raiders are just dealing with too much right now. Um, and, the, and the Chiefs, you know, five and four, they're still extremely scary on offense. Uh, and, and I just think they roll. They have to. They can't go five and five. And let the Raiders go up to six and three. Especially with how good the Chargers are playing too. But uh, yeah, going into Monday Night Football. The Rams minus three and a half against the 49ers. The Rams are a good team. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that they're not. But... How often does this, like, superstar experiment work? They just go get Von Miller. Who knows how healthy he is. He, he couldn't even play the first game. He came over. Then you get Odell, who, like I said, I think is a shell of himself. I, In my opinion, this is going to hurt the Rams bringing this guy in. 
You already had an awesome offense. Daryl Henderson, been a stud. Cooper Cup leaves in every receiving category this year. Matt Stafford is having an awesome year. Van Jefferson, the dude is good. He's a great slot receiver. Robert Woods, he's another top 20 receiver. Tyler Higby, he's a decent tight end. He's not a superstar, but he's going to get you, you know, he's not going to drop what you're throwing to him. Where does Odell fit in? You think he's really going to be okay being a slot receiver? I don't think so. The guy couldn't even be handle being the guy in Cleveland. Let alone L.A. on a star-studded team. He couldn't do it on a team that wasn't as studded. And the line, is, the line itself is weird. The Niners don't look great against the Kyler Murray and DeAndre, Hoplet, Hops, <laughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins-less Cardinals. And they're only getting three and a half? Something smells fishy. And that's why we're going with the Niners here. The Niners plus three and a half. Again, it just, it, it just screams to take the Rams. Oh, only a touchdown against the Niners? Uh, that's exactly why it doesn't look right, and that's exactly why we're taking the Niners here plus a three and a half. Um, but yeah. Let's uh, let's go back and recap our picks. So for the teaser itself, we're going the Jags plus 16.5, the Jets plus 20, the Buccaneers minus 3.5, Seattle up to 9.5, plus 9.5, and the Chiefs and Raiders total going over 46. Five-team teaser. My super lock of the week is the Chiefs minus 2.5. Feeling good. Yeah, coming off a really good week last week. We kind of know where teams are at this point. Um, you know, there are some teams that are kind of having identity issues. You know, your Bills, the Falcons, um, the Raiders. I, the, I wouldn't say the Titans. The Titans look real good. But, uh, yeah. It's a big week for a lot of teams. Really going to start setting themselves apart here. But that is all I have. Um, thank you all for listening as always. Thank you guys for being patient. Um, thank you for letting me rant about the Cardinals and the Yankees and the, and the Knights. But let's have a good weekend. We'll roll into next week um, with a little bit of money to play with. And again, thank you guys. Have a great rest of your night. And we will see you next week. Good night. Bye.